This is BC Spritch, your look at the province's burgeoning distilling culture. Welcome back to BC Spirits, your number one authority on distilleries and spirits in British Columbia. Of course, I'm your host, Sean Sewell. Um, this week, I've got uh, Rebecca Cowley from uh, Roots and Wings and Langley. Absolutely amazing little distillery. Uh, great space. Fantastic little um, area. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, she really gets down to why she did it in Langley, the tourism out there, her love of cocktails and traveling and, and sort of building out from that. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode, guys. I hope you've enjoyed all the BC Spirits episodes, Spirit of Day, uh, the tasting videos, the whole shebang. Um, thanks a lot for the support and I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Bye. But, um, so the BC Spirits podcast is very similar to my other podcasts. So I do, uh, well, I have been doing six podcasts a week, which is intense, but, um, <laughs> Really, it's just about getting to know the reason behind it. I think the, the the romance of opening distilleries and stuff is so wonderful <laughs> that um, I like to sort of pull the curtain back and yeah. sort of show show people because I think a lot of people get into it thinking there's going to be the same thing with wineries and breweries and restaurants. Usually, the hospitality sector, everybody romances everything. Um, so yeah, I like to get to know the distillers and sort of where they came from and why they made the choice to to be a, to start a distillery and their thoughts behind their spirits and stuff, and we go from there. All right. So um, what's your what's your backstory? What's your origin story? What did you do before you were distilling or before you had roots and wings? Uh, before I had roots and wings, I was a salesperson for a technology company called Vigil which is based in Victoria, and we sold technology to senior housing, so dementia monitoring systems. So the exact same market as distilleries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've got my bachelor in cocktails, um, you know, tasting around the U.S., so whenever I traveled all the way, you know, from, I guess, Maine down to Florida and over to Texas and every state in between, it was kind of, you know, traveling on your own, you'd belly up to a bar and, you know, order a cocktail and try things out. And, and so, um, I guess that's what got my love of cocktails. And then, uh, and then meeting, meeting Rob, we, uh, he wanted a potato based vodka. So he just thought we should just make it ourselves. And so that's sort of how it happened. <laughs> so you, you gave up like a technology job. Like most people would be like, Oh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. Like what, what really, and especially where you, did it because Langley isn't exactly a high <laughs> tourist area either. So you're sort of doubling down on the niche. Yeah. What what drove you to do something in Langley um, out there? Uh, so Rob is third generation on this farm, which you've been to, mm-hmm. um, and it's um, it's a substantial acreage. Uh, so we had the real estate to do it out here. Um, and it was just give it a give it a go. I mean, there was plenty of wineries around in this you know region, um, and uh, there was a cidery and you know different things like that. And the breweries were just sort of on the cusp of coming out here. So it's it's a good place now. Um, I feel um, that uh, there's definitely a lot more um, libation related attractions out here that bring people out for. Um, beer tour, wine tour, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was on, ultimately it was just that we had the real estate to do it at. <laughs> and and why did you go with potato? Because potato as a base ingredient 
is not the easiest thing in the world. Like, again, it comes back to romancing, like, things you've heard about or tasted, like Chopin or Polish vodka. Um, but really, when you actually get into the, the nitty-gritty of actually fermenting potatoes, it doesn't exactly Easy. work yeah. as a, an idea. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I guess it was just that we didn't know any better. We hadn't, neither of us had distilled or been homebrewers or winemakers or anything like that previous to this. Um, so as much as we researched and read, we really, you know, didn't have a lot of experience on it. So to us, that's just all we've known. It's always been a little bit harder to squeeze a potato and get some booze out of it. <laughs> But, um, and two part, you know, um, Rob really wanted a potato based vodka because he was a potato based potato vodka drinker originally. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was drinking, you know, the Russian stuff and Polish and, and that's what he liked. Um, I was a big fan of Tito's, um, being out of Austin. And so we just kind of blended them together. Putting the corn into it definitely brings up the yield of, um, Mm -hmm of alcohol along with um just kind of sweetening out the the backbone of the uh, of the potato potato based vodka so yeah i know that's kind of how we fell into it so when you when you're designing your spirits cuz i know mm-hmm. as you said you're a bit of a cocktail aficionado and and your little cocktail bar out at Langley is just amazing um when you when you start developing spirits outside of the outside of your vodkas, do you look at a cocktail and go, I want to create a spirit for this, or do you create a spirit and go, I can make cocktails with this, or is it a bit of both? Um, it's definitely a bit of both. Um, we're working on um, three new spirit releases right now. Um, one, or I guess two, we're um, collaborating with um, a local brewery and a local winery. So um, we're working with some Pinot Noir from um, Mount Lehman Winery. And we've distilled it, and so we're aging it for brandy. Um, and then the next one is uh, we've turned it into almost like a bittersweet vermouth um, oh. to release soon. So um, we're just going to, we've got it all bottled and ready to go. We're just waiting on labels. So um, we'll be releasing a vermouth, which I'm looking forward to because vermouth goes in a lot of cocktails and it's also <laughs> a <laughs> nice little sippy one. So but I guess, you know, that's kind of one of the things that I was hoping to do um, down the road. I just, we just got the opportunity to do it a little bit sooner than um, I had anticipated. Um, the second one is working with Farm Country Brewing. They had a batch of um, beer that they um, weren't too keen on the hot blend, so they asked if we wanted to distill it, and so we've distilled it and infused it with a couple of different, you know, locally grown herbs here on the farm, and uh, yeah, turned it into a interesting, well, we call it a, you know, elixir. <laughs> it's not, it's not a gin, it's not a vodka, it's you know, some, somewhere in between. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Um, it goes down super smooth, and it's uh, you definitely get that malty hoppiness um, in the first like smell and taste, and then um, you just can't place what those other botanicals are on your on your uh, tongue. Um, so you have to you know drink more, of course, until you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> how many uh, how many products are you you currently like in production all the time with? Oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it sounds it's like always, there's a lot. <laughs> it is. It's kind of 
I know we're getting too many SKUs, and I know my um, rep is just like, Rebecca, you got to, you know, tone it down. <laughs> but um, but it's fun, right? Like, that's the, that's how we love to do it is just, like, experimenting and trying new things. So um, we do a lot of small batch um, just sold here locally in the store um, infusions and different blends and see how they take off. So, so we have, like, a truffle um, vodka infused or truffle infused vodka. So the truffle mushroom, um, which I love. I mean, it's like liquid truffle fries in a bottle. It's delicious. That sounds nice. (laughs) But, um, you know, you just gotta, you gotta feel if your audience wants it or your customers, what your, you know, what people are really, um, looking forward. Uh, so, so try it out. If it works, then we will create a label and a skew and, and start making, um, larger batches of it. Um, like we have a new one that we've had around since we opened, which is a, a hops and honey. Um, we use the local um, hops just down the road from us. And then um, honey as well, local honey as well. And so it's a nice um, nice base. It has a lot of different flavor in there. Um, we use Cascade hops, so it um, brings out that citrusy taste and blends well with like citrus juices or, or um, bitters and things like that. Um, so that should be coming out as well. Um, or it is coming out. Just have to wait for labels. Which how, many, how, many, how many years have you been open for now? Uh, three years. Wow. Yeah. How do you balance everything? So you've got a family. I know you like to work the bar in, inside the store when it's when it's we got the normal times. Um, <laughs> and how do you balance like R and D and everything? Because it seems like uh, the schedule is busy. I, I don't know if I balance it at all, actually. <laughs> to be honest, I, I always feel like I'm running around with my head cut off. But, um, yeah, I guess we just make it work. Um, I mean, I don't really have a social life outside of the farm or, you know, <laughs> I haven't gone on vacation since 2015 when we first started this project. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a little bit of... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say sacrifice because I love it and I couldn't imagine myself doing anything but this. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it definitely, you know, you gotta, you gotta take your wins when you get them on the. <laughs> oh, I know how you, you feel. <laughs> um, and yeah, managing the family, it's, uh, it's uh, fun. Our little guy is going to be two in July. So he's, uh, he's getting into everything, but he's adorable. So I guess that's what you have to. <laughs> What would you? What would you have? Uh, would there have been anything you changed, um, or what you've learned from the time of opening to now? Um, yeah, would, would would you have changed anything, or would you hope to learn something different? I would have initially applied for my lounge license when I first applied for this thing because going through that um, application process after the fact was a more expensive and just be more time consuming. Um, I wish I would have been a little bit more educated on the whole process of the applications um, oh. do with local government and liquor control and, um, and things like that. Um, but overall, you know, I think we wanted to, I mean, we, we bootstrapped it together and we wanted to start small and then grow um, organically. Like, organically, you know, just sort of uh, word of mouth and and things like that, um, because it's just Rob and I basically running the business, and he's got two other companies that he runs. So, uh-huh. it's, <laughs> you know, we're we're busy doing that, um, 
uh, on all all fronts. But uh, you know, there, I mean, there's always things that I look back and go, oh shoot, I wish I would have done that, you know, <laughs> two years ago or, or something like that. But that's, that's all part of it. I think that um, you're never going to be fully prepared no matter what, um, because there's always little hiccups that happen along the way. And, and especially working with local governments where, mm-hmm. or, or federal governments, right. <laughs> you know, you can, you can get turned down and denied by one guy and, and then go to the next guy with the same information and get approved. So it's, that's always the fun part of the government. <laughs> the funny thing is a lot of people don't know this about me is when I first drove out to the farm and park, I, I never knew that, uh, the turf farm was there, uh-huh. and I spent most of my teenage years living on a turf farm. And so my I my I started working on a sod farm when I was fifteen years old, or thirteen years old actually, uh-huh. and uh, laid turf all through high school with my family business. So I was a trade certified landscaper by the end of high school, and uh, yeah, I just there's something about turf. Like there's, it's very satisfying to to cut it all up and then lay it down somewhere else. Um, that I, I, I sometimes miss, like cleaning everything down. So it's a beautiful thing. Um, so with you can come out anytime. I'm sure they'll hire you. You know, <laughs> drive a tractor. <laughs> so with um, Langley sort of becoming a destination area, I've noticed there's been a big tourism push. Um, outside because it's always been big farm heavy sort of area. But now, as you said, like you've got cideries and breweries and once you sort of cross over that bit of highway and sort of that sort of, I always say desolate, but there's a, a big gap between civilization. You go through a little bit of, of scrub and then all of a sudden you're in this massive area of beautiful wineries and stuff. Has that changed for the better for you going forward? Are you getting more people again, hypothetically, after COVID, more people coming out to Langley and experiencing what Langley has to offer? Yeah, I definitely think so. And I also think that there's um, more local tourism. You know, more Mm. people are realizing what's in their backyard. Um, So that helps a lot, too. Um, And then, of course, the Destination BC and the tourism boards and things like that are always great with, um, you know, bringing people out or or promoting... um, us here locally um and i think that it's yeah it is changing for the better i mean the more uh, the more destinations like myself or farm gate stores in this area um the better for myself i mean we have there is have you heard of circle farm tour mm-hmm. so we're part of that and um that allows people uh to do a self-guided tour around the valley and uh, check everybody out on, on what they have. So that brings in a lot of people for us um, that are just driving out for a Sunday drive and looking for things to do. Um, on our side of the highway, which is like north, there's not a lot of, um, I guess, options. Like there are like more towards 16th Avenue and south. Um, that's where like Chabertin is. That is where... Fraser Valley Cidery, Township 7, Festina Lente. Um, I know I'm missing a few other ones. Um, Glass House, um, Backyard. They're all sort of over there and very close together, so it's easy to get to. Um, however, there's going to be a new brewery that's opening just down the street from us. Um, and there's going to be hopefully another winery, I think, opening up um, in the next year or so as well. Uh, so it's 
the more the more the merrier, I think. <laughs> and mm. even if there was another distillery, right? Like it's it's good to get other people out here, and and the more people that they can draw out, the better for everybody. And if you can get a deck out the front right Hi. there, it would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we have a we have a good um, in the back area. Um, we have it licensed for 150 people uh, for special events. So um, there is definitely we put it out back so they could like look at the mountains and the golden ears. Mm. Um, sort of out there and then uh yeah our little deck out front i wish i would have expanded it that's what i wish i would have done a bigger deck <laughs> so what's the plan for the next um what's the plan for the next uh six six months 12 months after everything goes back to normal um i really don't know i know i need to sit down and, and think about that um, we are heavily promoting um, our cocktail boxes where people can pick up everything they need to make cocktails and take them home and do craft cocktails at home mm-hmm. um, because I can't make them here at the moment. Um, I'll love to make them once I can um, and to have people back into the tasting room and, and hosting events and things like that. But, uh, I mean, in the next six months, I don't know if that's going to happen. I know, like I, we're playing it sort of close to the chest and a little bit safe I, uh, for the most part. You know, you don't want to open up the doors and stack people in here. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I could, but um, I don't know. I, I guess just sort of see what everybody else is doing. Um, I know a lot of the breweries are bringing people back in. They're, they've got a little bit more space that they can, you know, space out the tables properly, uh-huh. but you've been in here. You, you know that my, it's a little my, tight. <laughs> my till is... Probably six feet away from my wall, <laughs> so it's, it's not not that big. Um, but so yeah, it's still being open for a store is I think um, uh, is I think what we're going to stay at right now, and uh, and then maybe host an event or something out back of a you know a yoga class or do something like that to bring a few people in, but nothing crazy. What's your What's your favorite spirit uh, out of your selection that you it, sort of your what's Rebecca's ketchup? Like we as bartenders, we have bartenders ketchup. Like, you know, that one ingredient that's always like, okay, if I put a couple of dashes of this in, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have one of those for you, out of your products that you're like, um, you're like, okay, well, this is, this is my, this has to be my ketchup. I have to use this in everything. Um, for the spirit I make or for the for the oh, stuff so that you, I care spirit you make like what's the one that you like every single time you come up with a new cocktail it's like oh I'm using that again uh, it's probably the jackknife gin <laughs> 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 I I don't know like it's, it's good I was uh, you know we're working in collaboration with um, the Fraser Valley Distillery and and trying to uh, or Fraser Valley Cidery and trying to do um, like cocktail boxes and so, yeah, going to gin and cider and mixing those together is easy. Beer and gin, like sour beer and gin, delicious. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's usually gin. Um, I've been trying to play around with the absinthe a bit more, but absinthe mm. is a um, kind of a, if you don't like black licorice, you know, it's, it sets some people off or turns people off. So, <laughs> Absinthe and root beer is delicious. Oh, good to know. I'll have to That's, uh, it's, um, it was, it sort of became a, a, a young French thing in the early 2010s. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, National Absence or International Absence Days in February or March, I think. And so um, I brewed up a big keg of house-made root beer and fermented it with some champagne yeast and put it on tap. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, two ounces of um, absinthe topped with root beer um, is really, really tasty. Nice. So I will, I will try that out. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll make sure that I link everything in for all your boxes and cocktail boxes and stuff because I think cocktail kits and say online sales are still going to be such a massive facet of everything that we do in the hospitality industry for the next six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just going to be a necessary, not necessary evil, it's a necessary evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been a really, really good chat. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we'll definitely chat again, and um, I'll send you out the uh, the new uh, samples of spirits once I get the labels on them. All right. Amazing. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye. Okay.